Good morning, Lake Church. Yeah, I know we've been worshiping, we've been standing, but let's stand once again for just a moment as we just enter into the message this morning. Let's just acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence. We're emphasizing His ministry. Let's acknowledge Him and invite Him to have His way in our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, we value You as a person. Oh, we value you as a person, Holy Spirit, and we acknowledge your presence, and we invite you, we give you free, free reign to just move in our hearts, to move upon our lives. I invite you to move through me this morning. I know that I can do nothing without you. We are merely vessels, but you're the treasure that's on the inside. So we look to you this morning. And I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, that they would look to you, not so much what I say, but your commentary on what I'm saying this morning, that they would hear you speak to their heart, quicken the truth from the Word of God this morning, bring transformation, renew their mind, help them to see things in the Spirit this morning. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so valuable to us. Your ministry is so valuable. Oh, we just give you praise. Father God, we give you praise this morning. We thank you for your great love for us. Oh, we thank you, God, that you demonstrated your love for us and that you gave your only son for us so that we could have life. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and you offered yourself, you offered your life, you shed your blood so that we could be sanctified, that we could be forgiven, that we could be purified, a temple for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hallelujah, we give you glory this morning. Oh, hallelujah, we give you glory. We are so thankful for all that you've done for us this morning. Oh, we are so thankful for the realities of our redemption, that we are the redeemed people of God, that you've made us new creations. Hallelujah, that we are men indwelt by the Spirit of the living God this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. 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 We are a grateful people. And let the revelation of all you've done bring forth more thankfulness, more gratefulness from our hearts this morning. Hallelujah. And I just declare this morning, miracles and signs and wonders be done to confirm your truth this morning. Not to highlight us, but to highlight Jesus, to highlight The reality of the living Christ, the resurrected Christ living in his people this morning. Hallelujah. I just declare the people be healed as they listen to the word this morning. That the word of God reset spiritual bones in their life this morning. Hallelujah. Things that are out of joint, that they get put back in place the way that they're supposed to be. By the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, we thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're highlighting the ministry of the Holy Spirit this month. And... um, 
really, uh, the Holy Spirit should be highlighted all the time. You know, um, the Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus, obviously. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the member of the Godhead that we walk in fellowship with in this life. And I think we forget that. In fact, there, as uh, Reverend Marvin Yoder was ministering on Wednesday night, there are large portions of the body of Christ who don't even believe the Holy Spirit's a real person. They don't e- there are large portions of the body of Christ that don't even believe uh, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the dimension that we know that the Bible reveals it. And so... We're going to, we're teaching on and we endeavor to bring an experience, first of all, an awareness because that's what's uh, required first before we can even experience the things of God is we have to have an awareness of them. You know, Brother Hagin used to say, you can have something and not know it, it won't do you any good. You got to have an awareness, first of all, of what you have before you can, by faith, apply it to your life. So we're trying to bring a, a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit, for the reality is that every born-again believer is indwelt by God, by His Spirit. God is not far away. God is not in a galaxy far, far away. He's very near to each and every one of us. In fact, He is on the inside of each and every believer. So you're never alone. You may find yourself lonely in this life if you don't have an awareness of Him. But you're never alone. And the Word of God was given to us, and I would say in particular the apostolic teaching of the New Testament was given to us to give us the perception and bring into reality everything that Jesus provided for us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to look at um, some Scripture first of all. I'm going to look at Ezekiel 36 because one of the things I think we need to realize is that it was always God's intention that mankind would be indwelt by the Spirit of God. You know, you were designed specifically for the ability to to have God dwell within you in His fullness. Man, I... So many people have a picture, because we use phrases like walking with God, and they have a picture of them walking hand in hand with God. But actually, he is, the true Christian experience is God indwelling, (laughs) indwelling, empowering, and moving you by the impulses of his spirit within That's true Christianity. True Christianity isn't me living for God. It's Him living through me by His Spirit. You know, I want to get ahead of myself, but most believers live their life like someone in a canoe paddling themselves where they need to go. And we were never created to be uh, a boat you have to paddle. We were created to be sailboats. Hoist the sails and let the wind of the Spirit blow you where He wants you to go. And most believers are wearing themselves out trying to paddle themselves to places that the Holy Spirit can blow you 
into immediately. You know, it makes me think of, and I didn't have this in my message, but it makes me think of the story. Remember the story when Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side of the lake? And they get out there and the winds are are boisterous. And the Bible says they are paddling as hard as they can against the storms. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And to make a long story short, he gets in the boat. And it says when he got in the boat, they were immediately on the other side. That just went over the head of about 90% of the people. That's a picture of how most believers are trying to live their life. They're paddling as hard as they can. They're doing everything they know how to do, and they're not getting anywhere. Where if they would just get Jesus in the boat, he'd take you to the other side. And that's really what uh, the Holy Spirit came to do, is to do in and through us what we can't do in our own strength. We were never intended to. We were never intended to. Your, your being was custom designed for the indwelling presence of God. God made you three parts. Your body, you're a bo- you have a body, you have a soul, and you, have a, and you are a spirit. Your spirit was custom designed to be a dwelling place for God. And without the Holy Spirit, you're left to living life from the inside out. And the winds of the circumstances of life really dictate the direction that you go. But that's opposite. That's backwards of the way God created us to live. He created us to live by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit blowing through our lives. You know, when Adam and Eve were first created, the Bible says God breathed into Adam the breath of lives. He didn't breathe oxygen into Adam. He breathed his spirit into Adam. In fact, the word is ruach in the Hebrew. It means spirit. It means breath. It was the breath of God that came into man. And Adam became a living soul. What does that mean? He was already existing as far as physical life. But the life of God was imparted to Adam. And when Adam partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he died spiritually. The life of God was removed from his spirit. The Holy Spirit left Adam and he was left to living life from the outside in. See, here's the purpose for Jesus coming. To die on the cross. And a lot of believers have this idea that the reason Jesus came was so that you could go to heaven. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the reason Jesus came is so God could get heaven in you. And when we say that, what we mean is we mean the presence. What makes heaven heaven? The presence of God. That's what makes heaven heaven. And so God came to get the Holy Spirit back into mankind so we could function the way that we were created to function. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was what was required to make you a holy uh, vessel fit for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell on the inside of. And the very 
fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in you shows you that the work of Christ is complete in your life when you say Jesus is Lord. Because then the Holy Spirit comes in and now God has, he has the territory of your heart to work from. And to begin to establish the kingdom in your life and then make you useful to bring the kingdom to other people. So in Ezekiel, the reason I wanted to read this scripture, I just wanted to show you that God was prophesying of something that was to come. He says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. The new heart, see our heart became hardened toward the things of God because of the absence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the old nature of man separated from God caused us to learn to live life from the flesh. And it caused our heart to be hardened, which just means insensitive toward God. is not moldable. I was talking about this to the kids at, uh, out at youth camp and, uh, in the junior high. And I asked them, I said, Have y'all, did y'all ever play with Play-Doh when you were a kid? And, I, and they said, yeah. And I said, did you ever leave it out and not put it back in the container? And I said, yeah, what happens? It gets hard as a rock. You can't mold it anymore. That's the way our heart was. God couldn't mold and shape our heart the way that he needed to. And so he had to take, he had to give us a new heart. He said, I'll give you a new heart. That means that he gives us the ability to submit to his will. And a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. And he says, and I'll put my spirit within you. See, God gives you a new human spirit. When you get born again, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. But then also, he wants to put His the spirit of God on the inside of you. I don't have time to go into all the details of that and flesh that out. But the point is, is that, I'll try to make this simple. God wants to give you his desires and the ability to carry those out. That's what he says. And I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. You'll keep my judgments and do them. He's talking about the will and the ways of God. That's what man was unable to do is fulfill the will of God for his life by walking in the ways of God. So God said, what you need is you need a new heart and you need a new spirit. And that's what I'm going to do for you. And he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to pay the price for our sin, to meet every legal demand that the law had against us because of our sin so that we could be forgiven, that we could be justified, that we could be declared the righteousness of God, made the righteousness of God, sanctified and purified as a vessel that could receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit could come and begin to change our heart and cause our heart to desire the will of God and cause us to have the ability by the Spirit to carry out the will of God by walking in the ways of God. Man, what a gift the Holy Spirit is. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Jeremiah 10, verse 23. Jeremiah had this revelation That every person needs to get a hold of, even believers. He says, oh oh Lord, I know 
The way of man is not within himself to lead his own life. Let me tell you, a lot of people would think, oh, that's unbelievers that need to get that revelation. I'm telling you, a lot of believers need to get that revelation. That the way of man is not within himself to lead his own life. Why? Because we were never created to live independent of God. We were created to live in dependence on God. The ability to carry out the will and to walk in the ways of God is not even in you. And I'm telling you, most believers are rowing in the energy of the flesh... Trying to fulfill the will of God with their own energy. You know what's crazy about that? Is you're trying to overcome the flesh with the flesh. Mm. But God has already given the believer his own spirit. We've got to learn how to yield to what God has given Because listen, you can still walk as a believer. You can still walk in the flesh. Or you can walk in the spirit. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that to walk in the flesh or to walk after the flesh is death. But to walk after the spirit is life and peace. The believer's life is about learning how. Learning how to yield to what's on the inside. Learning how to walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh. Look at John chapter 3, verse 8. Just want to read this one verse. And uh, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And Jesus told him that... uh, You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And then he goes on and he says, you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And he really basically tells him that you have to be born of the Spirit to perceive and to partake of the things of the kingdom of God. It's it's the Holy Spirit that is the key. To not only being able to perceive the things of, king, of the kingdom of God, but actually to participate. Oh, man. A lot of believers have this idea that you get saved and stuck. Saved, stuck, waiting for Jesus to come back and take us out of here. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught a message of the kingdom of God, the return of authority and dominion to mankind where we rule and reign as kings in this life. That we're not under the rule of anything, but we're ruling over everything. He gave man dominion over all of the works of his hands. And the church is supposed to be awakening to what Christ has provided through his redemptive work and then applying it to our lives To where people are able to experience another reality. Oh man. At least see it working in our life. The Holy Spirit is the key to that. And Jesus goes on and he says this. He compares the Spirit to wind. He says the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from. And where it goes. Listen, the wind is is invisible. 
So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit and the things of the, the Spirit are invisible to our natural senses. But they're real. I was thinking about the storms that came through recently. Uh, you know, you don't see the wind. But boy, you can sure see the effects of it. I'm telling you, we had a, the alert on our phone that was telling us about a storm, but we didn't hear it. And I heard, what I did hear, I heard the wind blowing the trees around in the middle of the night. I woke up and looked out my window, and my trees out there were just doing this. And I said, my goodness, what's going on? Listen, those, that wind brought destruction, a negative demonstration, but the Holy Spirit brings a positive demonstration to the person who's moved by the winds of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, when I got born again, in the, on the inside of me, man, there was just this perception of the kingdom of God. Oh, man, I had a whole new outlook. I've heard Pastor talk about when after he got born again, he said, I, just somebody else was looking out of these eyes. You just, I remember, man, I, I got born again while I was in jail. So uh, I remember calling my dad. I say this all the time. and You know, <laughs> sorry, dad. But anyway, I don't blame him at all. I would have been the same way. But anyway, I called him from jail. I said, dad, I got saved. He said, boy, I hope so. I said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You get saved, all outward evidence may be speaking against what's happened, but on the inside, you know. It didn't bother me a bit because I said, well, you're going to see the effects of it. Yeah. You know, but I didn't blame him. I thought, man, he's, he's seen me try to change before, you know. Um, but then there was a second experience of the Holy Spirit, which was I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, man. I tell you what, that experience changed my life more than the born-again born experience did. It made me into a different person. There was another dimension of experiencing the Holy Spirit that, that brought about an outward manifestation that the inward just didn't bring me to. I had the desire, I just have the ability. And that's really what the second dimension's about. It's about the ability of God coming upon your life to cause you to be able to operate as God operates, but in earth. Man, I, I remember um, after I got born again, man, I would sit in my room and sing songs to Jesus because I was just having this fellowship with God. And I'd just sit in there and play the guitar and sing to the Lord and worship. And uh, my grandpa was the pastor of the church we were going to at the time. And so Rhonda goes, she goes, man, he's been in his room singing and playing the guitar. You need to get him to come and do that at the church. And so anyway, my grandpa started talking to me saying, why don't you sing a song? You know, because they let everybody sing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to those services like that. But, you know, I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. But, 
We'll let the people who are anointed to sing. <laughs> I finally said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I used to play, I would play the, so when I first started, I'd play the guitar. And I don't know if you remember in the old time, traditional churches, they had those chairs up there that the pastors or the deacons would sit in. And so I put my amplifier behind one of those. And I would sit behind that chair, and I had it turned down where I could barely hear it. I was having to lean down like that because I was so introverted. I couldn't even uh, I, I couldn't even play the guitar with people looking at me. That's how introverted I was. And so I would sit and hide back there, you know. In fact, the first time I said I would sing, my grandpa gets up there. He goes, okay, Kevin's going to come sing a song. <laughs> and I didn't even do it. I went and sat down out in, I went and sat down out in the uh, pews, and my grandpa gets up there. He was so sweet. He said, I want uh, somebody to look up this verse, Isaiah 41 and 10. Kevin, won't you look that up for me? And he's going on, you know. And then uh, he goes, you got that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I got it right here. He goes, well, go ahead and read that, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, I got the message. And, uh, but I didn't have it, man. I didn't have it. But I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit not long after that. And I came out from behind the chair. <laughs> I came out from behind the chair. Why? Because I not only had the heart, now I had the spirit. I didn't only have the desire to do the will of God, but now I had the ability to do the will of God. Oh, man, it'll change you. It'll give you a boldness to step into the things that God is desiring for you to do. Man, the Holy Spirit, oh, he's so good. He's like the wind, man. He'll move you. If you'll just put your sails out, he'll move you into the places that, you, that he wants you to go. I guarantee you, I would have never, I would have never wanted to get up here and speak. And, and still yet, in my flesh, I wrestle with that. I never would have. I mean, I took a zero on every book report in high school because I wouldn't get up and give it. <laughs> uh, you know? But the Holy Spirit changes. He changes you on a level that is absolutely amazing. In fact, I think he wants people who don't really have the... You know, because some people... I don't get it. Honestly, I don't. Some people are like, just give me the mic, stand back. (laughs) I got this. That's not me. You can ask my wife. That is not me. Um, I have to depend on him. I have to depend on him 100%. For one thing, in my life, before I received Christ, I proved to myself how bad I could mess everything up. In fact, I I remember, (laughs) it seemed like every decision I made was wrong, you know. And so I had lost all confidence in myself. And the Holy Spirit had to come in and bring a new boldness and a new uh, confidence in his ability By getting an awareness of him 
and depending on him. And I have to tell myself this stuff every time. I have to remind myself as I'm coming in, you know, the, I remind myself of his presence. So I'm not trying to do it in my own strength. Amen. You know, because here's the thing. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, get this, the works that I do, he will do also. This is Jesus talking, folks. What did Jesus do? He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He spoke the word of the truth of the gospel and people were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Listen, we're not called to do, uh, we're called to replicate the ministry of Jesus in the earth. Jesus began to do and to teach the things that we are to continue to do and to teach in the earth. Well, you can't do it in your own strength. You're going to have to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. And he is, the, he is the reason Jesus came and took on flesh so that we could take on the Holy Spirit. Look at John chapter 16. This is where Pastor left off last week, so I just kind of want to pick up on that. And this is really foundational, what I'm going to share with you. I've shared it before. Uh, I was trying to get away from it. I wanted to go to Acts 2 and talk about uh, these are not drunk as you suppose. Oh, they drunk all right. When the Holy Spirit came, <laughs> you know, Peter stood up, he said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Oh, they drunk all right. They're just not drunk like you think. They're under the influence of the Spirit of God, not the spirits of this world. That's what I wanted to talk about. But, you know, because the Holy Spirit comes to to give us the power to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to do that. But God's desire is not just that we operate in the gifts, but that we operate in the gifts by the nature of God. If we had, we split it up into two groups and said, one group's going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the other's going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, everybody would go to the gifts of the Spirit side. Because <laughs> that's more exciting. And I'll just say, man, I don't really want to say this, but I'm going to anyway. The reason why is because we still got pride we need to work out of our hearts, and people like to get the attention of what the gifts of the Spirit bring into people's lives, and you know, you know, in 1 Corinthians, when Paul is teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, he's not teaching on that to introduce them to the gifts of the Spirit. They were already operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He was teaching on it to bring them into the nature of God in the operating of the gifts of the Spirit. So that they would demonstrate the nature and the character of God in operating in his gifts and ministering to people. Rather than drawing attention to themselves, which is what they were doing. That's why in the middle of chapter 12 and chapter 14, he plops chapter 13 in there, which is about the love of God. 
It's the motivation for operating in the things of the Spirit of God. And that means we have to be mature believers. We have to grow up into the nature and the character of God so we are able to operate as the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, not even himself. The Holy Spirit doesn't, you know, Jesus, I'm getting ready to read it, but the Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. He glorifies Jesus. He's talking about Jesus all the time. And he has reason to to point at himself. He's God. The Holy Spirit is not a lesser part of the Godhead. He is just as God as the Father and just as God as the Son. They just do different jobs. They work in perfect unity in bringing the kingdom of God into the experience on earth. John 16, 7, this is before Jesus dies on the cross and is raised from the dead. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. You know, I've heard, and I've said it before when I was a young Christian, Man, people say, well, if Jesus was just here, well, he could fix all my problems. Well, if Jesus was just here, I could get my healing. Listen, if Jesus was here on earth, he might be in Israel, and you're in Oklahoma. (laughs) He was limited. Come on now. He was limited to his physical body. Because he didn't operate as God. He operated as a man, anointed by God. Just like you. But Jesus himself said, it's better for you that I go away. That's the first thing people need to get a hold of. Is I got something better than Jesus here in his physical body. Oh my goodness. I got something. Most yeah, we got a couple of amens. Most people ain't amen in that because they're like, boy, I'd sure like to have Jesus here. <laughs> I got something, we got something better. Who's right? Jesus says it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go, the helper can't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. We got something better in the Holy Spirit. We're just not partaking of and taking advantage of the better person that we have. The better administration, I guess I should say. We have the Spirit. See, because when Jesus was on the earth, they had the Spirit with them. As long as they were with Him. Man. They had the Spirit with them. In fact, Jesus said... You know, he's with you, but he will be in you. That's what's better. Is by the Holy Spirit, we don't have God with us. We have God in us. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. But the Holy Spirit is God in us. He come to dwell the people of God, empower the people of God, and move us by the impulses of his Spirit. From the inside out. Make us into new people. 
Give us the ability of God. We are a new species. Paul said we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you to give you the ability of God to operate as God would operate on the earth. To operate in the nature and the character and the power of God. To do the same things on earth that Jesus did. To your advantage. Hallelujah. Listen, you've got to have an awareness of what he's done. The righteous shall live by faith. What does that mean? It means they will live by faith in the redemptive work of Christ. Look at uh, verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I'm going to say this. A lot of people are going to have a hard time swallowing this. But Jesus' teaching wasn't complete in the, in the sense that it, they weren't able to receive everything he wanted to say. He said right here, I have many things I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. You know what the proof of that is? Jesus told them plainly, I'm going to die and I'm going to raise again. And they had no idea. He told them, I'm going to die. I'm going to be put to death. He said, I'm going to be put to death by the rulers and I'm going to be raised from the dead. And they didn't get it. You know why? Because the natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I have many things I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. The disciples were not able to receive and embrace and bear the things that Jesus wanted to tell them were coming after he died and was raised from the dead. I mean, my goodness. Look at this. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. You know the word truth there is the word aletheia in the Greek. And it isn't talking about moral truth. I'm not saying that God isn't going to lead you into moral truth. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that right here he's talking about something even deeper. The word truth there means reality. They already had moral truth laid out in the law of Moses. They had the Ten Commandments. They had 613 commands from God. They had the whole nature and character of God given to them in the law. They already knew moral truth. Not saying they were walking in it, but they knew it intellectually. The truth that he came to bring us into is to the ability to be able to perceive and live from another reality. The word truth means reality. So here's, here's the point. The Holy Spirit comes to make the redemptive truths of what Jesus did, not only for us, but in us, reality. 
all of that. <laughs> Do you know that God in his fullness lives on the inside of you? I said God. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me like I'm an alien or something. The Bible says that of his fullness we have all received. God in his fullness. The God who the universe can't contain came to dwell on the inside of each and every believer in his fullness. Your natural mind can't receive that. You have to receive that by revelation knowledge that's imparted to you by the Spirit of God. What happens is the Bible, which reveals the truth of God, is witnessed to by the Holy Spirit on the inside. The truth of God, His Word, what it reveals about you, what it reveals about the reality that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The Word of God reveals it but the Holy Spirit confirms it. Amen. The truths of God can't... Here's, here's the problem with modern Christianity. I'm going to get on my soapbox now. A lot of teaching in the modern church... I'm not even going to say teaching. Preaching is self-help. It's behavior modification. It's man becoming the best version of himself. We are not called to be the best version of ourselves. That's why the gospel declares that you are crucified with Christ. Your old man has to be put to death. There's nothing good in him. You are crucified with Christ. Buried with him through baptism and raised to newness of life. To where you begin to live by the very life, the nature, the character, and the power of God. A lot of modern preaching is just self-help. It's pop. it, It is popular stuff to draw crowds. That's why you, when you go teach in the Bible, you know, that people aren't excited about that. <laughs> they want to be entertained. Why? Because we're used to it. We're used to it. But the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher were given not for the entertaining of the saints, but for the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. What does that mean? To manifest the ministry of Jesus. That's the purpose. And apostolic, what I mean by that is New Testament revelation. Apostolic teaching is dealing with the inward man. Not the outward man. I'm telling you what. When you go talking about the new creation and the Holy Spirit and these things, those words go into you. And what's true in your spirit begins to be dawn on your, your mind, your soul. And it changes your life, transforms your life. Not you just by your willpower acting like you know you should act. Hmm. 
This is what the Holy Spirit came to do, to make what the Bible reveals as truth reality to you. Man, I remember whenever I started getting the revelation of the new creation. You know, I believed that I was, I guess, just born. You know, this is this idea that people have. We're born in certain ways. I just believed that I was born a drug addict. Believed I was born an alcoholic, criminal. I I remember thinking in my own mind, saying to my own self, I guess this is just how I am. I guess this is just how I was made, and I guess this is how I'll always be. You know what? I had, I had embraced, I had embraced a lie that the enemy had fed me about myself. And listen, I tried many times to quit doing drugs. I tried many times to stop drinking. I tried many times to act right. Well, listen, I had the courts telling me, if you don't stop, we're going to put you in prison. Trust me, you're going to try to stop. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't try hard enough, but... <laughs> See, that's outward. Even believers are trying to do it from the outside in. What you need is you need a work of, on the inside. See, I began to meditate on the reality that God dwelled in me by His Spirit. That if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away. What did that mean? I was crucified with Christ. The person that I was before that didn't even exist anymore. Why? Because I was crucified with him. I was buried with him. But I was raised to newness of life. A new person. That person didn't even exist anymore. And I tell you what. Whenever that that revelation came into my heart. Then I began to prophesy. Oh my goodness. Then I began to prophesy. Listen, you can say things out of your soul, and it's not prophecy. Can I just, I'm, on, I'm just, I'm off of that. <laughs> In Acts 2, it says that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and they'll prophesy. We got the wrong idea what prophecy is. Everybody thinks prophecy is telling somebody what their future is or what they're going to do. That's not, pro- that's not what he's talking about. Anytime you speak from the unction of the Spirit, you are prophesying. <laughs> prophecy is the will of God spoken through man to be established on the earth. And I'm telling you, I didn't have, I wasn't a prophet. I began to prophesy what the word of truth says. I began to say, I'm a new creation. I am not the old man that I used to be. I was crucified with Christ, raised to newness of life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a criminal. I am who God says I am by the grace of God. And I'm telling you, when that happened, when I began to prophesy by the unction of the Spirit and the truth of the Word of God, it caused things to fall off of my life that I had struggled and fought with for years. Man, my sons and daughters, he said, they shall prophesy. They'll speak by the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. They will speak the truth of what God says about them and see it manifested on the earth. Hmm. 
He'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into the reality. Mm. Because what God has done in the life of a believer is all in the unseen part. You can't even perceive it. Goodness gracious. The Holy Spirit didn't come to show you things you can figure out with your own senses and your own mind. He came to show you things that you can't. He'll guide you into all truth, for he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. 1 Corinthians, I'm not going to have time to go there, but it says we have the mind of Christ. Not in this mind, in the spirit. The real you. If you're born again, the spirit of God indwells you. You have the mind of Christ. That means you have access to the knowledge of God. When I say knowledge of God, I'm not talking about knowing him. I'm talking about to know what he knows. That means you're never in a deficit. That means there's never a situation in your life that you don't have the, access, the answer, have access to the answer to that situation. Oh, man. I have no idea where to go with this. This is what the devil comes to do. All the enemy has is deception. And he comes to test to see if you know who you are and what belongs to you. This is what the Holy Spirit came to show us. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus said, He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You know, in the original language, the word to isn't there. It actually says he'll declare it you. They added the word to to make it more readable. But actually what it says is he will, this is Jesus. He'll take what's mine and he'll declare it you, Joel. Why? Because the, re- the truth that he's bringing us into is our union with Christ. Here's the truth. Whether you're, no matter what your experience is, if you are born again this morning, that's a big if. <laughs> but if you are born again this morning, then what's true of him is true of you. And the Holy Spirit is trying to convince you of that. That's your reality. Why? Because when you believe it, then that's how you'll live. Oh, my goodness. The reason people don't live the life, their life in the will of God is because they don't believe it. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. You say, well, I agree with that. Yeah, intellectually. That's the problem about what I was saying about modern teaching. We believe that knowing is intellectual. 
And it's not. Biblical knowing is not intellectual. It's experiential. That means anything that the Bible says that I'm not experiencing, I don't know it. Mm. And the Holy Spirit's trying to convince me. (laughs) He's trying to convince me of unseen things that are true about me. So that I'll embrace them as my reality. Because when I do, then I can walk in them. He will take what is mine and declare it you. Do you know that the believer is in union with Jesus Christ? We're one with him. Not just in some principle or concept, but literally one with him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. In the spirit I'm one with Jesus. As he is, John said, so are we in this world. What's true of him is true of you. But you don't believe it. That's why you don't act like him. I don't believe it. That's why I don't act like him. Those areas where I'm not acting like him, I need to get convinced about. See, but the believer will go, oh, I just need to act right. I need to change this. And No, you need to get in the word and you need to get with the spirit and allow him to bring the reality to your soul that what the Bible says about you is truth. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I don't mean to be shouting at you, but I'm just passionate about this. (laughs) Look at this verse in 1 John. Chapter 2, verse 7. I'll try to start wrapping this up. He says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you. So which is it? Is it new or is it old? It's the same commandment. He said, I'm writing a new commandment to you, but it's actually old. The old commandment is the word... Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Here's the, here's the newness of it. <laughs> Noah got it. Here's the newness of it. Now it's not only true in him, it's true in you. You didn't get that. He's actually talking about operating in the nature of God. Love, that's what he's talking about. Love isn't something God has, it's what he is. And he's talking about operating in the nature of God. And nothing, make, nothing matters, no prophecy, no anything matters except that it's done out of the nature of God. That's the whole goal to begin with, the commandment. The word commandment means end game. It means the goal. It means the aim of why God uh, sent Jesus. And he said now it's new because it's true in him. True in you. What's true of him is true of you. You know why why I can walk in love? Because I have his nature. But I I can't do it until I believe it. Mm. Goodness. It's true in him, 
and it's true in you. Because the darkness, darkness means ignorance, is passing away. And the true light is already shining. Oh my goodness. Think about that. Darkness, the ignorance of who the enemy has blinded us and lied to us and deceived us into believing we are is passing away. How? By the Holy Spirit who's bringing us into the light of truth and revealing to us who we truly are. Let me go back to John chapter 16. I'll end with this. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it you. Here's the second thing. Not only what's true of him is true of you, but what belongs to him belongs to you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I said what belongs to him belongs to you. That's why in Romans chapter 8 it says that uh, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Joint heirs don't mean we divide the inheritance up and we each get a part. It means we get the same inheritance because of Jesus. Now what belongs to him belongs to you. And what did God give him? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. And now that the Holy Spirit has come, he can bring you into the reality of the kingdom of heaven. That as it is on earth, as it is in heaven that means we can experience heaven's benefits now even here on the earth come on stand to your feet as I just wrap this up we can experience the realities of the redemptive work of Jesus which is to bring us into the experience of the kingdom of God here on the earth that means no matter what came into your life through sin, no matter what sickness, not disease, what disorder, what addiction, what tragedy, what deception, what temptation has come into your life. The Holy Spirit is here and he is able to break off all of the bonds of the enemy from your life. Listen, when I was driving in this morning, this is what I saw. I'm going to get up here so you can see me. This is what I saw. I saw the devil like a marionette. And coming off of his fingers were ropes. And I saw people. These, As I was seeing it, God said, this is my people. And on the ends of those ropes was a person. And the devil was, was moving him about. And I said, man, what are those ropes? He said, they're the lies of the enemy, which is what he uses to control the way that you live your life. It's the lies of the enemy. Mm. And then I hesitate to say this other part because I want it to come across right. But I saw myself speaking and there was a sword coming out of my mouth. It's just me, it's the word of God. But I saw that sword come out and just cut those ropes off. And the person began to run. And they began to raise their hands and run. 
and they began to spin and there was a liberty on that person like they had never known before and I'm just telling you this morning I really believe this the Lord spoke this to me there are people that are in bondage to the lies of the enemy and the way that those lies came the way that those bonds came into their life is that they have been broken hearted through the spirit of rejection they were rejected by somebody their broken heartedness opened them up to the enemy and he's been controlling their life it may have been because they lost a loved one and it may be because they were rejected by and left by a loved one but I'm here to tell you the Lord told me that that he wants to cut those he wants to cut those cords of bondage off of your life this morning He showed me that so clearly. I'm here to tell you that this morning is your Independence Day. Independence from the enemy and your ability to live independence on the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Brokenheartedness. God wants to break that off of your life. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. If that's you this morning, if you were, if you are brokenhearted and that you're being held in bondage and manipulated by that tragic event in your life, the devil wants to hold you, but God wants to free you this morning. If that's you, I want you to come to the front right now. And we will pray. See that broken off broken hearted. I want you to just come up to the front. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just line up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just begin to worship the Lord. Pour out the anointing upon him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Independence Day because the Holy Spirit is here. Hallelujah. It's Independence Day. Listen, liberty from rejection comes through acceptance. The Bible says we are accepted in the Beloved. We're accepted in the Beloved. Who is the Beloved? Jesus Christ. He made the way for you to be accepted by the Father, and it was all the Father's idea. Hallelujah. Go ahead and see.
Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the liberty that's come into these people's lives today. Hallelujah. Maybe you have something else. Let me say this. Maybe you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life. You've never received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Maybe you're battling something that wasn't called out by, by faith and agreement. You can see that eradicated from your life this day. So we're going to have the ministers come forward for those of you who maybe need some ministry, but it wasn't called out, the thing that you were needing this morning. Feel free to come up and receive your independence today. In Jesus' name. Be sure and be with us Wednesday night. We'll continue the Holy Spirit experience with Reverend Marvin Yoder Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We also have ministry for all ages, trained kids, our junior high and high school area. 51 ministry will be going that night. So we have something for everyone. Be sure and be here with us. God bless you. You're dismissed.